Sinister Myth, How Stories We Tell Perpetuate Violence. This podcast challenges cultural mythologies about sexuality in the West, because so often they encourage, perpetuate, or foster violences against women and minorities. It is supported by an Ohio State Affordable Learning Exchange grant and is created by Zoe Brigley thompson and Brendan Walsh. Sinister Myth is produced by Alex Hameter, Deborah Eschen, Paul Kotheimer, and Mackenzie Warren. All opinions expressed are solely those of Sinister Myth producers and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of The Ohio State University. I'm Adelie Schmidt, a medical anthropology student at The Ohio State University. Today on Fresh Perspective, I'll be talking with Alexander Van Bergen, a doctoral candidate of Ohio State's Human Development and Family Science Program, whose work focuses on suicide and the LGBTQ community. Yeah, so what's important to know is that our society is based on heterosexist values, which um, upholds that romantic relationships should be between a man and a woman only. And so when folks do not sort of fit that picture, they are exposed to minority stressors, those that um, are unique to those in the sexual minority and gender minority um, community, um, because they do not fit that picture. And so they um, experience violence, um, verbal harassment, things of that nature, because they do not fit that mold. And so because of that, because of that heterosexist ideals, this will lead to poor mental health outcomes. Um, and to be more specific, there are two types of minority stressors. The first one is distal stress, which comes from your external environment, which is what I was talking about before with the verbal violence, with physical violence, um, being rejected by um, others, um, even, you know, ooh, my dog made a howling noise, that was weird. Um, and, you know, um, there's a new story a couple of years ago about a gay couple being rejected um, when it came to making a cake for their wedding, right? Those are all distal stressors that are coming from the environment. But then there are proximal stressors, which are when folks internalize those distal stressors. So that can lead to concealment, which is not letting other people know your sexual identity. That comes um, with vigilance, which um, you expect people to reject you. Um, and also internalized homophobia or internalized heterosexism, which means that you start to believe those um, negative thoughts about the LGBTQ plus community and sort of that can lead to a self-hate because you identify with that community. Um, and so proximal stressors we see in the literature sort of this mediating role to distal stress that leads to um, poor mental health outcomes such as suicide. Yeah. And I know in the project that we're working on, we are working under the framework of the interpersonal theory of suicide. And one of those kind of risk factors for suicide attempts um, is increased pain tolerance, which comes from violence that they experience. So can you talk a little bit about how violence against LGBTQ plus folks um, increases their risk for self-violence? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so not only are LGBTQ plus folks more likely to experience um, poor mental health outcomes, they're actually more likely to experience trauma in general. 
Um, there are a few studies that note that LGBTQ plus folks are more likely to experience ACEs, which are adverse childhood experiences. So uh, even if you remove all of this minority stress um, and you look at that ACE exposure, they're already at risk. Mm -hmm. Because according to the interpersonal theory of suicide, um, people will not carry out a suicide attempt unless they either A, have a lower fear of death, or B, have a higher pain tolerance. And that higher pain tolerance is suggested to come from reoccurrent violent experiences. And that's exactly what ACEs are. So ACEs can include um, witnessing domestic violence in the home. It can be um, receiving physical or verbal harm from um, adults that are raising you, whether that be parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whomever, um, or being in the foster care system. Um, and so LGBT folks, even without the minority stress, are at this heightened risk because it is theorized that they are more, um, they're more used to this physical pain tolerance and you need that heightened physical pain tolerance to actually carry out a suicide attempt. So not only are they at risk because they're heightened experience of minority stress, but because of this heightened experience of trauma in general. Mm -hmm. So knowing all that, what do you think that we can do as individuals and as a society to promote inclusivity, regardless of sexual or gender identity, to improve mental health outcomes, reduce violence? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so as a couple and family therapist by training, I think, um, this needs to start at home. So LGBTQ plus adolescents are at the highest risk of um, attempting suicide. And a lot of their minority stress comes from home, comes from their family of origin. Um, and so I think there one needs to be more education on sexual identity and sexual orientation um, because there are many, many stereotypes and many, many thoughts that put them down. So for example, if we're thinking about it from an intersectional lens, um, if you have um, a black adolescent who wants to come out as gay, he is going to be met with many different ideas about him. So um, in the black community, you know, we all, we all know about George Floyd and all of the awful things that have occurred in the black community for the past, what, 50, 100 years. Um, and so first, they're going to be met with, okay, you're a black man, but you're going to come out as gay, so that makes you less masculine, right? There's this sort of idea about masculinity and femininity that impact um, how someone, you know, judges another person. And also, you're met with this, okay, you're already a black man, you're already so many times more likely to get arrested by police, or you're already um, so in the sort of risk spotlight when it comes to um, being in America. And so now you're going to add on this extra layer. And a lot of people think that being gay is a choice. And that is not the case. Being gay is not a choice. It is something that folks realize as they get older, as they step away from heterosexist norms and think, oh, that's why I've been checking out women. Right, and so education in the home needs to be the first thing because that's where people are being met with minority stress first is from their home. If they don't think that their family is going to support them in being gay, 
then they don't have anyone to talk to about the experience. They don't have anyone to rely on. They don't have anyone um, telling them that what they're experiencing is totally fine. Um, and that's really where, you know, if we think about the interpersonal theory of suicide, that's such primary beginnings of thwarted belongingness and perceived burdensomeness is, you know, thwarted belonging, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I belong. I feel lonely. I feel like no one sort of gets me. And if your family isn't helping you understand yourself and isn't open and accepting of you, then you're going to feel like you don't belong. And then you might feel that you're a burden to other people that, you know, maybe coming out as gay is going to, you know, explode your family of origin and it's going to, you know, um, make dynamics in the family a little bit different if people aren't accepting of it. And so, you know, thorough belongingness and perceived burdensomeness are theorized to lead to hopelessness, which I talked about earlier, which leads to all these other suicidal behaviors. And so, um, I think it should start at home, but also there needs to be more effort in using inclusive terms. Um, and so, so people don't have these expectations of what love looks like or expectations of what gender expression looks like or what gender identity looks like. Um, there just needs to be this push towards in inclusivity, especially in the classroom, either in grade school or in college, or I would think both, I would want both <laughs> um, environments to have that inclusivity. But, you know, if you go into college, how many classes are including LGBT folks in their case examples or in their um, content, you know, and, and that's sort of a problem when it comes to other cultural humility as well as including different cultures, different perspectives, different ideas of what the lived human experience is. Um, and so, so to shortly answer your question, it's, it should start at home. And um, in general, people need to push in different environments to include those um, who quote unquote are outside the norm. Um, yeah, we, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs>